Welcome to the International Coaching Podcast, brought to you by the International Association of Coaching, the world's foremost community of professional coaches, changing the world in positive and powerful ways and contributing to evolving human potential worldwide. Join the IAC today at certifiedcoach.org. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the uh, one of the IAC uh, forum. Uh, today, we're going to share about what we mean by helping the client to create and use support system and structures. And this is the uh, one of the last uh, masteries, no, the last masteries in the uh, in the IAC uh, nine masteries. And again, as, as my practicing coaches, all of us know that, you know, that they all don't stand alone. All the masteries are, uh, are in play when we actually demonstrate uh, coaching excellence. So today, let me introduce our, our panel members. We got Angela Spaxman. She's from Canada, but now lives in Hong Kong for years. And uh, she's just one of our past presidents our International Association of Coaching Past President. And uh, for the Malaysians who have been to the first International Coaching Conference, Kuala Lumpur, uh, Angela was our keynote, uh, one of the keynote speakers in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, so welcome, Angela. We have got uh, Gonzalo. Gonzalo is head of our uh, licensee committee and uh, currently working very hard on establishing the school accreditation system. Gonzalo is from Uruguay. It's, it's in the evening for him there. So welcome, Gonzalo. And we have got Eduardo, uh, amazing human being. I met him in Barcelona last year. Eduardo uh, is the one who actually, uh, uh, you know, I would say that redesign our certification process with the team. And, uh, you know, and he's a master coach both with ICF and also with uh, IEC. And uh, so thank you, Eduardo, for joining us today as well. Yeah. So, and uh, lastly, I, I'm Sean Murthy. Some of y'all, we know each other. Some of y'all probably wouldn't have met me. I'm the current, uh, Global President for the International Association of Coaching uh, for the term 2020 and 2021. So we have got uh, friends from uh, Singapore, Raymond from, from Singapore. We have got, uh, of course, David uh, from uh, Myanmar, Irving, uh, Australia. Uh, yes, yeah, so, and most of us are here from Malaysia. So thank you for joining in. Uh, welcome, Peggy. Welcome, Rosta. Welcome, Dr. Shakawi uh, Jawahar. So, so we should start, yeah. So, now the the definition, the way I'm gonna I'm gonna straight away look at the definition of mastery number nine, and I'm gonna take it out from the IAC Mastery's handbook, which says, helping the client identify and build the relationships tools, systems, and structures he or she needs to advance and sustain progress. So 
I would like to invite Angela first to share with us how does this mastery speaks to her? What does this mastery speaks to you, Angela? Uh, that's a nice way of putting it, Shan. Thank you. How does it speak to me? Uh, actually, to me, this mastery is quite different. I feel quite different about it than the other ones because it's so practical. And uh, um, it's quite, in a way, it's quite obvious, you know, and uh, I always feel very grounded when I think about this mastery because um, it, in a way it implements so many of the other masteries. So even if the client gets insight, um, if they don't, if they're not using, doing something with the help of mastery number nine, then they're, they're not going to experience progress in, in the real world, most likely, um, mm -hmm. because, uh, because they need to put things in place. And for that, they would need to engage with one of those things. That was an interesting list, relationships, tools, structures, maybe something else as well. Those are all the things that they need to engage with. So sort of put their insights into the real world and make them happen into something. And uh, so not only this makes it practical, but also it supports um, so much. And many times I find if you use this mastery, you can make even in a, in a small way to make a tiny bit of progress and you start to get some momentum. And, uh, uh, and then you, you create much more momentum. So rather than someone thinking they need to do this all on their own, that maybe there's a certain relationship that supports them, or maybe there's a certain structure or habit or pattern that helps them to, to move forward and put things into place. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Angela. Gonzalo. Well, from my point of view, this mastery appears quietly in many parts of the conversation. You can find it in a way that when you establish one, one inside and asking, okay, what you gonna do with it? What you gonna plan with it? And you start to build in there and uh, and a structure just to support this this new achievement. Um, one of the things that mostly is is the confusion with with these masteries is trying to simplify as a to do list, make a, only a to do list, make something that it's only a a constraining process, and not just. Mm -hmm. uh, a sustainable system. That's the big difference. It's just to build a system that works for the client. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, Gonzalo. Like what you said, uh, it, it creates a system. Eduardo, yeah, building piggybacking on that, Gonzalo, it, that works for the client. To me, that's a key part of it. Um, that it we're customizing to that particular client. And we do it throughout the session. Sometimes it's what I hear in the sessions, like they leave it for the last, you know, five minutes or something. Like the last, it's like the last wagon in the train. I think the caboose or something is called in English. Um, and it's not, it doesn't have to be like that. Don't leave it for like the last moment. You kind of what um, Gonzalo was saying, you, throughout the session, you can pick up 
things. You can pick up tools, you can pick up structures, or even remember some of it that was said at the beginning, and you personalize it, or you help to personalize it more to that particular client. Um, and that often is left out, and it ends up being just like a list at the end of the session. It's like, well, I need to create structures and supports, and let's do it. <laughs> even though it's practical, like Angela was saying, uh, and they often, not often, but sometimes coaches just go there, you know, to the practical, and like, let's do a list, and <laughs> we'll get it over it. <laughs> And it's a lot more than that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like what you said that, you know, uh, only when we come to the end of the session. So now we talk about the resources. Now we talk about the structures. But uh, actually during the whole process itself, uh, we can see uh, this masteries emerging, or, you know, require us to use these masteries as well. So now in your experiences, you know, the effect of this mastery and when we say here that the client is confident and secure in moving forward, knowing that the resources are available or can be created. Yeah. So as, as coaches, how do you see this happening? How can you feel or experience this effect on the coachee? So anybody would like to share? Yes, Angela. Yeah, because uh, I just... Um... Uh, yesterday, at the end of the day, I had a meeting with a client, and then this morning, first thing, I got an email back from him um, talking about how he wants to move forward. And it's actually very relevant here because he, um, in our conversation, from the beginning, he wasn't really sure how he was going to move forward uh, from where he was. In fact, he wasn't really crystal clear what he wanted to do to work on in the coaching. He had a kind of whole set of different ideas of what he should be working on. And, um, and it was uh, because of the, the structures that we discussed in the session yesterday, we didn't finalize, but we discussed a lot of different options about how I could support him to actually move forward. Um, and then he responded back this morning, basically he had thought about it a bit more and then he was saying, yes, yes, I think this will help. And he even um, suggested one of the structures. So he's going to be writing to me. He's a very, very reflective person, um, but he doesn't write a lot of stuff down. So I suggested that he could write that to me because often it's easier if you have, you're writing to someone rather than just writing to yourself. Um, and uh, he liked that idea. So he started this morning with an email to me about what his next steps will be. So that's a structure that we've just invented between the two of us. I certainly wouldn't use that with all my clients, but with him, it just, uh, because of you know the very specifics of, of the kind of person he is and where he is in his life and what he wants to move on next, then this particular structure um, Will, will really support him. Yeah, I'm very excited about it, actually. Thank you, thank you, Angela. And that's part of it, if I may, yeah. uh, that's part of one of the effective behaviors, like what Angela was saying, that she did with her, with her client. Like number seven, you know, you go with the client's sense of identity and values and how they learn, you know, so she's using that. That's the whole point of it. Like I was saying, customizing to the client, you know. And you do it together, not just, okay, give me your homework. You know, I'll give you this for homework. It doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, Gonzalo, do you have uh, an experience? That's in fact, 
one of the common mistakes, just giving uh, to the list, giving uh, some steps to take, uh, not taking care what the clients was affected to him, what was the previous experience about, and what are the limiting ideas that the client got about, just to make the process sustainable during the time, just to make the achievement of goals sustainable also. It's not only achieve a goal, it's keeping during the time. Mm -hmm. So giving the time just to think between the coach and the coachee, how it will work better and try to find different solutions, different approaches to the same will bring more path, more will be will bring a system that the that the client will be comfortable with. Thank you. Thank you, Gonzalo. One of the things that uh, often um, you know is misread, this uh, this is from my experience uh, teaching the masteries as well, is the minute when we say that we help the client to create and use support system and structures, they always ask, okay, I'm hiring you as a coach and uh, you need to tell me how to go about doing this. You know, uh, I, I need your advice. I'm, I'm paying you, you know. And uh, so, and I've seen the IAC masteries. It says that you now you're supposed to help me. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and your comments, please, anyone who have experienced this and how do you handle this? Anyone? Okay, it's it's simple. <laughs> it's it's just to, to, to go to go for what what he wants to do, what he wants to achieve, and let let him know, let him try to uh, let him know that all the answers are within the same person. That he knows better than me what fits better on his life, on his work, on his goals. So nobody will tell him better what will help him better is it's just to let him know that it's it is a process of the self-discovering it's a process just to bring light on things on points that the person doesn't see have have take a look before right. and from there right. build something new reality ah, thank you Gonzalo, Eduardo, yes yeah, and I see Angela nodding the head too. Oh, I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I always say, you know, I'm an expert in coaching. I'm not the expert on whatever subjects we're coaching about. So I can coach anything pretty much, you know, of course, better than other. But um, I'm, I'm an expert on the, on the masteries in this case. So I have that as my tool. So I use them but you are the expert of your life. So you know better, kind of like what uh, Gonzalo was saying, you know better what to do and what works best for you. You've been living with yourself for 20, 30 or 50 years. So I only been with you for like a few weeks. <laughs> so you should know much better. And if you don't, let's coach about that. <laughs> yes, that's a bit of a segue to what I was gonna say, Eduardo, because I think this is, a, it is actually a simple way to deal with this is to give a lot of options, you know, and then you might have examples of, well, I have clients who do it this way or others who do it that way, or, 
we can use this tool or that tool or this, you know, this uh, schedule or that schedule. And um, none of them are right or wrong. And, um, and you get to choose and, you know, and then we'll, which, which one do you think would be easier for you? Or, you know, what would be the pros and cons of these for you? And uh, then the conversation can go forward. So you don't need to leave them overwhelmed with, you know, having no idea. Uh, you can certainly give them lots of ideas. And then from our experience, we have clients who have worked, you know, have enjoyed this tool or that process or whatever. And all of that is in our sort of stockpile of experience that we can share uh, to help them, you know, think about it more, just to think about it more and then, and then uh, see what matches with their, their own lives better. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, that example that you said, Angela, about, you know, the, the guy, your client writing, that wouldn't work for me because I'm not a writer. <laughs> I don't like writing, but I learn visually. So it's something like that will work for me, you know, and then we can both figure that out as a coach, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like, uh, you know, I like what, what you said, you know, you know yourself for 40 years or 50 years. I just know you for an hour. <laughs> you know, you know you're better. I like that. <laughs> no, what happens? What happens? Let's say, for example, Gonzalo. You know, you're you're uh, you're in the oil and oil business, and uh, you you know you were, and you're an expert in the field. And people come to you, uh, and, and choose. I want Gonzalo because he's in the same industry as me, and he has a lot of experience in the industry as me, so that he can help me. And then they start asking questions about. You know the areas that you are an expert in how would you handle that well first of all is try try to make clear what are the object of the session just what we are talking about if you are if he's looking for a counseling if he's looking for advisory or, or if he's looking or she looking for coaching and try to to get a clear limit I can do some advisory on oil, but this is another another job. This is another 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 task, another thing, another procedure, another way just to talk. Okay, let me know what what you will would like to know about oil. Let's talk about oil, but stop the coaching session here, and let's let's start later. Mm -hmm. But may may this stop and make clear what are they doing when hire a coach, not unprofessional of any skill different. I know about oil, I know about ships, I know about many things, but nothing of this came into a session when I am, I am a coach. Right. Thank you. Uh, Eduardo, I see you nodding your head. So oh, because I agree. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's part of when I mentor someone, when I teach, I'm sure you guys do it too, um, is knowing, I was just talking to a mentee before this session, and um, it, you have to know when you're a coach and when you're a consultant, when you're a father or mother or whatever else you have in your life, you know, going on, all the roles that we have, and we have many. So in learning coaching for all of, all of those of you that are just learning coaching, learn who you are, who you're becoming as a coach. It'll be different than anything else. Not like you're a different person, but or a different face, 
but it's a different part of you that comes out. And that's a whole new way of being for you. And that's good. So learn and know so it'll be like Gonzalo or myself or Angela or you know, Sean or everybody else, that we know when I'm a coach, I'm a mentor, I'm a teacher, I'm a whatever else I'm, I'm in, you know. So it's very important to know that to me in my experience and what I've seen in coaches or if you're coming from an um, accountant profession or a lawyer or any other profession, you, you knew yourself in that profession. Now learn yourself how to be as a coach. And then it'll come out things like supporting system. How do you do that as a coach? You know, how do you create that? How do you help uh, sustain the, the, the actions and the, and the goals that they want as a coach, not as a lawyer, you know, or whatever else you have going on in your life. So just that to add. Thanks. Angela, you want to add? Yes, I do. I can build on this. This conversation is very interesting because I was thinking about other kinds of structures like uh, in career coaching, we often have um, um, structures for how to, how to make yourself known, how to network or how to write your CV and things like that. Um, and then in leadership coaching, we would have structures around um, uh, how to think about leadership. You know, how does leadership work? Um, what are the, you know, what are the ways to success as a leader? So those are all structures that uh, are frameworks that can be really useful for the clients. Um, and as a coach, we still, even though we maybe become more and more expert in these things, but we still need to really hold it very lightly. Um, and uh, the best frameworks are those that have a lot of flexibility in them. And it's not a recipe book and it's not a directive. Um, it's uh, uh, still, we are always holding those structures in a way where there's a room for the client to find their own space in that, their own way to use that structure. Uh, I, and I think that's where it kind of comes from the way of being the presence of the coach that you can, you're always staying present with how the client is actually responding to uh, to whatever the structure or the system or the framework is that you're introducing to them. Hmm. Yeah, that speaks of the distinction, sorry. Um, you know, it's enhancing, it's complementary. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like supporting structure, like a supportive. It's not overwhelming. It's not like, you know, this is the way I do it with all my clients. <laughs> hmm. And I could add more words to that distinction. So it's, it's personalized to the client. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, as we're having this conversation, I would really like to invite questions from our participants from uh, all over. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've got a comment from uh, Putri uh, Giuliani. So she, let me, let me, yeah, agree with all the comments. However, you may sometimes unconsciously go into the role of being a mentor for this mastery if both coach and coachee are in the same industry. How do we consciously apply the brakes? <laughs> the key word is in unconsciously, I think that this person said, you have to be conscious in the coaching session. Right. Uh, and coming back to what we discussed earlier, it is the, the, the role that we play. And, and also um, for me personally, I, I believe that the initial contracting part, or sometimes mm -hmm. we call it the onboarding and the agreement that we have, aligning expectations with our coachee 
I think that is very, very key for, for me at least to clearly uh, define uh, the, the role of the coach uh, and, and the coachee. Uh, but again, in this this part of the world, or even uh, you know, uh, not only in, 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 in this in, in this country, but my experience with other countries as well. Again, the definition of coaching uh, is still, you know, uh, people are still debating what coaching is. Very much related to uh, directive form of coaching, telling people and, and things like that. You know, um, well, sometimes I would like to, you know, if, if those who, who are involved in football or soccer, I always ask, does the, you know, uh, does the Barcelona team coach coaches Messi for example how to kick the ball I don't think so I think probably he would have got that from an instructor or a trainer when he was a young boy but now it's going to be different so and these are some of the uh, challenges that I have explaining in the contracting part and have you all had similar are more challenging issues when you're actually contracting, when they actually come to you because they want advice. Um, if it's okay, uh, can I uh, answer that question in a little bit different way? The, the question that uh, was just brought forward about um, how do you stay conscious? Right? <laughs> uh, because how does the coach stay conscious in the, in the coaching conversation, even though they may be tempted to give advice or they may be falling into the trap of old patterns of thinking where they're giving advice, uh, then uh, I, I just want to say, because I think it's very important that all coaches are on this journey of becoming more conscious of themselves. And uh, I think there's, there's no way around that, but to have your own practices, your own structures and habits that you just keep, keep using and keep falling back on. And then over time, you gradually become more and more conscious. So for, for an example, is just simply to reflect on it after each session and to maybe write some notes or, or, or to listening. In IAC, you're often listening to your recordings. Um, this is also, you know, could be a habit that you take and then every time you remind yourself so that at least if you do fall into the trap, you, you notice it and then you're just more aware the next time around. Okay, thank you. Uh, that's a comment uh, from uh, New King. Sometimes client lost, New King is from Myanmar. Uh, Sometimes client lost their way because of their bad experience. At the same time, they think they do not enough to do like this, like that. At the time, we help to find who you are, who was to be like this. We are reframing and changing their limiting belief and release negative emotion and also fear and make confident more you do first and learn from situation and change your strategy and to move to get results so this is more of her experience sharing her experience uh and how she handles uh situation anyone else who would like to comment on that i just want to say it's such a wonderful experience isn't it to be able to to go through that process with someone uh and to keep holding them to being being you know finding ways to be more confident and keep moving forward yeah and uh, and david says that uh david from myanmar he, you know he says that to be conscious i'm thinking we are processing in the present will help help us yes 
Yeah. And with some clients, you kind of have to keep repeating that little contract or agreement, whatever you did at the beginning, yeah. or reminding them about you know who you are and who they are. <laughs> uh, with some other ones, it's not in, you know necessary, but there's a few I had that you kind of had to keep reminding them or what is this about, you know, and that's okay. Uh, and that's your role. That's your job to do it. Uh, they're going to push, you know, they're going to ask you for things or, but that's okay. They can ask you for many other things that you probably once will say no to it. Um, so that's the same, in the same way. It, it's just a kind of like what we repeating, I guess, here to be comfortable with that role that you are becoming or are already as a coach and be more of that more and more and more until you become fully comfortable with that then you don't never have to not like you don't have to explain it but there's no there's no guilt about it or there's no conflicted intentions behind that of being just the coach and that's it that's all they're going to get it from you and like Gonzalo was saying, if they want something else, that's another talk and that's another payment too. Right. Thank you. Right. But one, one other thing that I would like to add from, from the question that happens that, that shows there is that, in fact, the mastery for place on us as a coach, process in the present, to be able to be the observer of our observer. This is something that is helpful to be practiced. In my case, I just learned it from meditation and from yoga to become the observer of the observer, just to get this practice, to be aware during the conversation when some parts of the conversations impacting me and show up my, my thinking, my internal thinking start to, to interfere what is happening during the, the conversation. So it's really important just to be aware about our thoughts during the, the session because it could be the, the way that some of our way of thinking, some uh, of our way to look at some point is not the map of the client. It's our map that we are unconsciously putting on, on, on the table. And that's the place, as a coach, the, the place that we start to get wrong, just to start to giving things to the conversation that has more meaning to you than for your client. Thank you. I just have something that I usually do when, when it happens that they ask me something, it's like they want to know my, you know, what I'm expert or whatever, they want to hear my knowledge. Uh, challenge them as a, as a, uh, to the client. Don't take whatever they're asking you as you need to answer the question. You're not in the, you know, you're not reversing the role. You're the one asking the questions, not them. So you can challenge that. And one of the ways I challenge is I said, how is that going to help you to whatever? And I customize it to whatever, you know, the situation is or, or him or her as a process or the person or anything like that. And usually, there's no help for me telling them what to do or anything. It's not going to uh, empower them at all. Or I use that sometimes. How is that going to empower you? Mm -hmm. And then that opens up a whole different conversation too, and a little deeper too. So 
don't buy everything that the client, I think I learned that from Thomas, maybe from something I heard. Don't yeah. buy everything that the client set, sells you, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, Thank you. you kind of challenge them too. Thank you. This is from Didi Saleh. One of the indicators that the coach understands this mastery is the addressing of multiple structure and system, not just in the physical sense, but also emotional mindset, etc. What would that look like if we are helping them create the support structure? What would we be doing specifically? Also, can you explain more the difference between a system and an action plan? Because one mistake the coaches make is to identify a to-do action item. Anyone? It's I'll start, okay. <laughs> uh, with with the, the first part of it is to me is seeing the client as a whole and don't just do a system or a structure or plan or actions or anything, just taking one part of the client. We're a whole human being, you know, mentally, emotionally, cons consciousness and all that. So like kind of what we were saying earlier, what Angela did with um, her client, writing was good for him, okay? For me, wouldn't, would be something else. But then she probably um, worked with other parts of not just writing, something else that might complement his personality or his way of learning or processing information. And that's what we're looking for here. Again, it's personalizing to the client. So if that means, um, actual physical way of writing something or doing something physically, but it's some, some clients need to think about it and process it internally or expressing feelings maybe. Um, it just depends on the client. That's kind of what I wanted to say. Hmm. That's it. I just, In fact, oh, go ahead. Go on, Jenna. No, no, go, go, go. Oh, I was just, uh, I, I, I went back and reread the question and then uh, so I could, get a, a clearer idea and, and building on what you've um, just been saying, Eduardo. Um, I was thinking of what are some other structures and systems that we might use that are more about emotional or mindset. And um, an example is um, on the emotional, uh, you know, how, what are all the different ways that people can process emotions that are getting in their way? For example, say if somebody is afraid. It's very common, right? And people are wanting to do something different and new. So of course, it's very natural that they would feel some fear. So what are all the different ways we can handle that feeling fear? And then we may have uh, some different tools in our toolbox around that. Um, and those are the types of things we can then offer. Um, uh, not as a, in, a in a prescriptive way, but maybe just explaining a little bit. You know, there's this way we can deal with emotions in this way or that way, and which, uh, which of these might, you know, uh, might appeal to you. Or even as the coach, when you're listening, you may notice that the client is more reflective or maybe faster moving or maybe, maybe very emotional. And then that may give you some clues as to which, which of these systems and structures might suit them more, or might be more powerful for them. Mm, thank you. Thank you, Angela. So uh, uh, some comments here from David, you know, he says that now the soccer coaches are trying to bring out the best from the players rather than teaching or guiding them. And uh, Raymond 
uh, Raymond says that he asked the coach if he is the coach to a similar coachee and what advice would you give him? So this will bring out his own experience to best help himself. So asking him to put in the coach's shoe and ask that reflective uh, question. Uh, thank you, David. Thank you, Raymond. Uh, now I've got a, uh, talking about uh, distinctions and by the way, for the participants in this forum, please, uh, friends, uh, please ask questions. Uh, you know, we got great coaches here, Eduardo, Gonzalo, and Angela. So please keep the questions coming so that they can give, share with you their perspective. So coming back to the distinction, how do we recognize whether it is an enhancing process or an overwhelming thing? How do you actually differentiate this? What was the first word, Shan? I didn't get it. Enhancing versus enhancing, versus enhancing overwhelming, overwhelming distinction. Yeah. Hmm. How do you? I think we need to check the response of the client, right? We should be able to tell if the client is overwhelmed or if they're excited. We actually want to see them being attracted by the system that you're offering, not just okay with it, but actually some excitement or clarity or some moving forward towards it. So you can see that it's really a match for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, it's, it's a fine line to me uh, from enhancing to overwhelming because enhancing to me is like adding things to it, right? You add, you enhance something. That's the idea, we want to add things, but we don't want to add it all the way to become overwhelming which is way too much, and then they're probably not going to do anything, <laughs> or they, they're going to quit, or whatever, you know. Um, in uh, like Angela was saying, it's kind of once you know your client and you get to know them, and then you can tell by the client if you really focus on the client. Now, if you focus on yourself and your performance, you're going to miss that. If you're thinking about what I, what I need to do next, you're probably not going to see that your client is overwhelmed already. <laughs> <laughs> so always focus on the client not about you this is not about you uh, but it's a fine line and we have to kind of keep looking at that at them and see where they're at it's, in some you know coaching sessions is more obvious than other ones but we're kind of always looking at that that's right. my take on it anybody else I want to add another thing, which is that sometimes the clients are too greedy, actually. <laughs> they, yeah. they want too much and then they bite off more than they can chew. And, and I always, and sometimes I, I actually suggest they try something small, but consistent. Yeah. I would rather have them do one very small thing every day than to, you know, commit to something that's way too much and then get completely stuck. Yeah. One way to um, just remember one way to check for if that worked for you or for the client, you know, um, is the next session. When you ask them, how did it go with whatever, whatever, whatever happened, right? Whatever they committed to do it or the structures or anything like that. That's your, your check balance in a way. And if they didn't do anything, <laughs> if they, or they had many obstacles or whatever, it's like, well, we didn't do number nine. We didn't really help the client create structures that really supported him or her. And so I kind of look 
back in my sessions when they come back already. It's like, did I do a good job last time in creating actions, you know, and structures and supports or not? And if it didn't work, what happened? And I would take notes. So next time we create actions or, or support system, it's like, I'm going to use whatever he or she learned and didn't work or work in that. So it's like a process. It's like a, you know, it's an evolution that you do go with the client, learning with them and from them. Yeah, thank you, uh, uh, Eduardo. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to know that, you know, the follow-up session will actually show you, the coach, whether you did uh, the yes. mastery number <laughs> nine, those things, yeah. master number nine, did they go back with the right support structure to actually carry out the action? So thank you. That's that's interesting. We have got um, a question from uh, uh, David. Uh, but before that, a command a comment from Mukin in if, in her thinking. Conscious makes us aware of what we want. Set plans, set goals. It's a short-term memory. Okay, and uh, David says, just a question's come up when we ask clients to rethink of their past accomplishments, can it be considered and apply as mastery number nine? When we ask them to reflect on their uh, past accomplishment, is that mastery number nine? It, it depends on the purpose. Why are you asking them to connect, to, to review their, their past accomplishments? It could be because if you're wanting them, for example, to to build more confidence, then this would be a, a little a little system to do that. Yeah. And if you're building on that, you know, to for the future to create more support and to gain something or learn something from that and, and use it. Um, but if you just do that in the whole session, I, I speak also for as an examiner or you know like a mentor. If you're just doing that, that's not enough. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you will you will stack it on the on the mastery number two only trying to perceive the potential of, of the client, trying to perceive what the clients can do, but not giving a direction and not giving a, uh, a to, to build a support system. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you. So let's look at the uh, uh, other the other distinction: complementary versus duplication. Ah. What do you understand by this? Well, duplication is just doing the same thing over and over, you know, <laughs> and not really paying attention to it. It's like just copying and copying, and that usually is not helpful. Um, and you know, yeah. I understand in the way that I understand in the way that this support system should be a complementary to the goals and achievements that the the client is is heading to and not be a duplication of tasks and, and goals and make the support system itself another structure to be feeling without losing losing the 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 direction of, of, of the coaching session that's the way that I understand this, this is this is the distinction. Okay, thank you, thank you, Gonzalo. So um, um, again, sometimes uh, it's a it's a thin line. It's a thin line. Uh, uh, you know, the minute I for me, it's like you know, if you feel 
if you feel that ah this is something new and now it could be just a duplication for the client because the fact that you are focusing on yourself makes you lose the way with the coachee and uh, and sometimes coaches do tell me no shan i really care for them i really want them to uh, succeed i want them to be you know achieving their goal you know and i said yeah but you know whose whose agenda is that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you no, know, we. I mean, the intention is noble. The intention is noble, but sometimes it is more of a, for me obstacle for the growth of the client rather than uh, uh, you know helping them to grow. So, so that we got uh, on you know uh, some of the questions uh, answered with regards to distinction. We got to some of the effective behaviors. The coach suggests relevant resources and reference. Mm -hmm. Does it mean that we are going to help them with the with the resources and reference that probably would have helped us before? Is that suggesting? So, sure. I mean, and the word is suggesting. It's not imposing. It's not you know shoving it down their throat. Uh, it's just suggesting and you can suggest many things now if you only suggest the whole coaching session you're just a suggester you're not a coach <laughs> so it's again it's like a fine line <laughs> but it's a suggestion <laughs> yeah yeah any any other views angela or gonzalo yeah, I'll say that it is it is useful to be resourceful within the field where you do coaching. So you and over time, it's natural that, especially if you're open to the different clients, that you would collect a lot of different suggestions. You know, a lot of different things. But then, of course, the trick is to not be stuck in your own mindset about it. You know, because it isn't it true when you when you learn your, your the next new suggestion, it's really exciting, and then you start recommending that to all your clients. <laughs> and then forget about the maybe simpler, more obvious suggestions that might actually be better. So there's that line again, right, between your own agenda and the client's needs. Right, yeah. Yeah, and you suggest, as like as you were saying, Angela, so you suggest as your own evolution. You suggest to your level. And next year, you're going to suggest something else because you're a different level. So your clients are just going to be there. And they could be a lot higher than you. And... You know, so think about that too. And yeah. always think about to me is why are we doing this? Why is mastery number nine, you know, or any mastery or whatever we do? Why are we doing coaching? You know, always learn, you know, what is the purpose of this? And to me, one of them is to, to have the client support themselves and be sustainable for themselves. And they can do it so they're not dependent on us. They're not coming to, you know, coach Gonzalo or Sean, come and say, oh, let's see what he has to say about my life, you know, and how is he going to fix it and what do I need to do? He's just going to tell me. He's not the guru. He's not, he's just a coach, you know. So yeah. we, we don't want to create dependency on the client. So that's why we, we're looking for sustainability. We're looking for structures for them. So it'll support them when we're not there. And we don't want to be there all the time anyway with that. Right. So, uh, so again, you know, uh, when we are demonstrating these uh, masteries, it's always to ask that question, 
is it our agenda is it what we want again it could be a very noble thing to feel that but it's not the whole world does not depend on what you want <laughs> you know uh, so yeah we got a a, a, a question here from uh, dr use yeah is effective or is it effective if we suggest uh, i think uh, eduardo you 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 did answer this earlier uh, you said yes you can suggest it's about suggesting and not imposing and uh, again not to you're a you're, you're a coach you're not a suggester i think i like i like that uh, uh yeah so we've got roughly about uh about eight minutes to go so if any one of you want to ask any of the question and you know they got great people here so please do uh, type in your question in the in the chat box so while you are thinking about the question uh questions Another sample effective behavior here, number eight, uh, which talks about aligns coaching points with the client's value and culture. Aligns coaching points with the client's values and culture. What does that mean? Anyone? Um, I could give an example. Uh, I have a, a client who's a former professional athlete. Uh, now he's working in the finance industry as his own business. Um, but what I learned about him is that he's very competitive. He loves to win. Um, and I would call that his culture. It's very different from me. I'm not a very competitive person. And, uh, I, but yet I noticed that when I, when I, working with him, it's really a lot more effective if it's challenging and exciting, you know, and, and, and if, there's, if it aligns with his culture, which is about winning. Winning and excellence are really uh, key for him. I think you can do this, you know, we should be doing this with any client is uh, not just what we see on the surface about their culture or their values, but what we can learn from them from listening. You know, as we're listening, we're hearing key words, we're hearing the patterns or the way they describe things or even things like his past as a, as a professional athlete, then that gives me clues as to what his culture is. And what his values are, so I can, um, you know, align myself with him. Thank you. Uh, I can add to that. Yes. Um, even religion, you know, which some for some people is, is taboo. I touch on that, not fully, but I want to know where they're at. You know, who's guiding them? If they anybody's guiding them or anything. So <clears throat> that's working with them too. Because whatever they believe, even if I don't believe in that, that's helping them and that's fine. So you can work with anybody, with any religion or any, any belief that you have in a way, unless it really goes against your beliefs, but um, use whatever, you know, if it's a Christian, it's probably they're gonna go for Jesus. So, okay, what would Jesus say here? You know, or anything like that. So <clears throat> things like that. Thanks, Eduardo. Looking backward, looking backward, looking in, in, in another way, this, this, this point eight, if we do not align the coaching points to the values and the culture of the, of the, of the client, the system will, not, will be sustainable. In, maybe in, in, a, in a short 
period of time, all the system start to fall because he will start crashing with his own values and he, with his own culture. And this will attempt to achieve what they are rich on the, as a coaching point. So on reverse, if we do not do, align this, it will not be sustainable. Yeah, and that's another point that you can, um, you can look for. If it didn't work last time, it all came down, it probably wasn't attached to the values or it wasn't personalized enough, personalized enough, yeah. Okay. Maybe it was attached more to your values, to the coach's value. <laughs> okay. So I've got a, uh, sorry, Gonzalo, you want to say something? No, it's okay. Okay. Uh, David, when we demonstrate this master number nine, clients will ask us for us to give examples. Can it possibly become suggestion or leading? Let me suggest. Um, I didn't get the question. I don't know. When the client wants to demonstrate that? No, when the, co when the client asks the coach yeah. for a suggestion or, and, and we give a suggestion, can it possibly uh, become like a leading, uh, leading the coachee when we are giving suggestions? To me, yes. If, it, if it's the tendency and if it's given right away, uh, like I said earlier, you know, I don't buy everything. I don't answer every question they ask me, my clients. So I'm very resistant to give anything except coaching to them. So because it's kind of like a toddler or if you ever had a little kid, you know, they kind of have to walk on their own and they have to get up and fall and you're just there to watch them. And when they're on the floor, you're on the floor with them. And when they get up, you're up with them. Um, so... If it's the tendency is there and it's easy for someone like a new coach to come into the coaching profession and carrying those habits that we were talking earlier that, you know, you carry on from other professions and you think, oh, I'm a great coach. No, you're not. You're a consultant or you're whatever else you were before. So um, it could be. Okay. Uh, and I also feel that... Uh... In our spirit, in our, in our well, can I, if I say that, in our intention when we say things, I think again, it's important because the way it lands will be differently. We might use, uh, you know, words that might not, you, you don't want to mean that, but because your intention is to lead them, it will come across as a leading uh, suggestion. So asking your own heart, where are you at the moment? Yeah. Uh, another question. What happens if, coming back to these values, what happens, you know, the coachee, you did not find out, but as the coach, coaching session progresses, suddenly you find that they have got some values or belief system that you are not comfortable at all. What do you do? <laughs> well... <laughs> If there is something really go against my belief, my and I, 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 I will do my just saying the, the truth. I cannot coach a person that will interfere continuously in my mind, giving me those internal thoughts. If I cannot do it, if 
the, the other person interfere me just to be a coach, I cannot coach this person. And the best way is just to step, to step back or just say, go with another coach. I, can, I cannot help at this, at this point. Okay. It's the best that I can do. Thank you. Yeah, I do that too. I, I recommend it to you. I'll send it to you. <laughs> 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 to someone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I, yeah, and I think it happened in, I've been coaching since 2004. I think it happened once maybe that I had a client like that, that I wasn't, I'm not the coach for you. You know, uh, you need someone else. Um, I didn't go into all the details, but it wasn't the values. I couldn't coach someone like, I'm a vegan, so I wouldn't coach someone that is happy killing animals, you know, or, you know, or things like that. I wouldn't be able to talk to someone like that. And I don't judge them. It's just, it, it, I can't coach you. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, if somebody comes to you and Eduardo, Eduardo, no, I want to improve my hunting skills. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm not the one. <laughs> okay. Um, as we are coming to a closure for this uh, session, I would like to ask each uh, one of you uh, to sort of wrap up on monthly number nine. But before that, have you ever ended a coaching contract with a client? You know, like for example, when the values are not jiving or, you know, you say that, I'm sorry, I'm not the coach for you. Except for the values, is there any other reason, possibility of ending a coaching contract? You telling the coachee that I think uh, I won't be able to continue with this. Have you, any one of you experienced this? I think sometimes the client is not really ready for making a change. They're not really fully committed. They're requiring too much of the coach. And I can see that it's not going to be successful uh, because they are, their heart is not in it or they have the wrong attitude uh, or wrong expectations. So then I would, I would say, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, me too. I, I just like I just said. Yeah, uh, you can see that they're not they're not doing their actions, even though you plan it and you customize it with them, and they were part of it. They come in session after session. There's like just nothing. They're not doing it. They just want to chat with you, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not your friend, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, that happened once too, <laughs> and I had to cut it. But yeah. It doesn't happen that much. Angela, does it happen to you a lot? Or? No, not that often. I think it's, yeah. sometimes it happens quite um, uh, sort of automatically. And then because, you know, we have the first discussion, I'll have a first discussion with a client, and then very often it just doesn't go anywhere from there because right. they realize it's not right for them or they're not ready or, yeah. or whatever it is. Um, but then if, if I'm already in an engagement with someone, then I find it, and in fact, the same with the other question about, you know, uh, different values systems. Often, personally, I find it as an exciting challenge because I know I need to open my heart. You know, like I've had some clients very, very arrogant or, um, um, or very self-obsessed self and things like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there would be no problem at all and to say, no, you can't coach someone like that. But sometimes also I, I take the challenge because I know it's how much I can feel, you know, yeah. because it's about how much I can, how can I love this person? If I can love this person, then I know I can coach them. 
in those things, yeah, I do that too, Angela. As long as it doesn't go to my core values, you know, like vegan or something like that, uh, or spirituality or, you know, and then I see, okay, what do I need to learn about, you know, me with dealing with this client? And often yeah. it's with patient. <laughs> it's with patient. So, or other things, you know, and then sure, I practice, but I'm able to be the coach for them without my biases or whatever, you know, I have interfering that. So, yeah, I do that too. <laughs> and it's a good challenge just to go with those kind of clients. Because with yeah. those clients, in, 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 in my point of view, they made me grow more than the regular ones. I find myself reflected in, in some those hidden places that I was rejecting in, inside. Right. Uh, we got a, a question here before we wrap up. Does that mean if it's against my values or principle, I can say no to coaching? Wouldn't that be my agenda then? How to differentiate? For example, I had the experience of coaching LBGT. Uh, I was open to the conversation. In some cases, if it's not my values, I can stop the coaching. It's, sure. it's, a, it's a choice for all of us to make. Of course, you can always say no. You don't have to coach. It's not, you know, you're not forced to coach anyone. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just really your decision. Yeah, and there might be a better coach for them. You know, you don't, you don't have to. You don't have to coach everybody. See, that's the, the beauty of this industry. I used to be a hairstylist before this, and I have to have like 400 clients just to sustain my business, you know, per month. So you will see one client after another, right? In coaching, I, first of all, I cannot do 400 clients, and I don't even want to. <laughs> so I, I choose my clients, and they choose me. It's a two-way street. And they can say no to you, and you can say no to them too. You always have that vote, so and use it. So um, if you're uncomfortable with any topic, you know, there might be a better coach than for that person, and that's okay. You can go on with whatever you're more comfortable with, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Eduardo, and I. I, I do uh, feel the same way. You know, uh, I can. I can say no as well. So like Andy was saying that, you know, you need to love the, love the person so that you're comfortable in, in, in coaching. So just to wrap up this session, uh, just, you know, uh, uh, a statement from each one of you, if I could uh, invite Angela first, Gonzalo, and then Eduardo, uh, just to wrap up about the nine masteries. Angela, over to you, please. All right. Yeah, I just like to say that this is a really very powerful mastery to to work on and to apply throughout your coaching sessions, and uh, it adds a lot of value to the client. Thank you, Gonzalo. For me, this mastery is, is the one that will give sustainability to the process. That's the reason why we have to to put focus. Thank you. Eduardo? Yeah, to add to that is to personalize it, to customize it to the client, not to you, to the client. All those points that you know, we talked about and what it says on the mastery. It's focus on the client. So uh, thank you. Thank you, the panelists. Before we, we leave, can I have a group photograph? Can, can you all have your video on, please? If you think that you're okay with it, we would like to share in our 
uh, IACA website. Oh, how nice. We see everyone. <laughs> yeah, so can everybody have their video? Nice. <laughs> so we got uh, two pages. Uh, so I will take uh, the first one. Dr. Sarkawi, Hero, Jennifer. Yeah, oh, welcome, Mariati. So let me take, uh, I just want to print the screen. Smile. Okay. Like, like, go, hold on, hold on, please, hold on. Uh, let me save this. Uh, the next screen. Okay, can uh, again camera on. Smile. <laughs> okay, hold on, please. It's a very slow camera, Shan. No, printing. I have to print the screen and then pasting it in a PowerPoint. <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I'd like to really, really express my thanks to Eduardo, uh, Gonzalo, and Angela. I know it was a last minute thing, and I asked them, and they totally uh, agreed. So, thank you so much. You're very experienced coaches. Go ahead and you know, just Google their names, and you can reach out to them. Uh, you know, as mentors, or if you want to get their services, they're great people, uh, ever giving people, yeah? And to all the participants, uh, again, I would like to invite uh, our panelists, this is my star, to give a clap to all the participants who attended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to appreciate them. So and, thank you. And to you, Sean, too, for hosting all this. It's really nice. Ah, you're welcome. It's thank you. It's my pleasure, and from all this, yeah. So, Thank you so much. Uh, till we meet again, please, uh, to all the chapter leaders who are here, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, and to add value, Raymond, thank you. Uh, uh, we got uh, David, we got Lepin, yeah. Uh, we got, uh, this now we had Jack from Hong Kong as well. Uh, sorry, Jack, Jack from Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So thank you for uh, attending. Yvonne, thank you. Uh -huh.